0: second chapter, verse number 41 through 52. Let me say thank you to the ministers that blessed us all month long. Amen. That did an amazing job preaching the word of God. Amen. Let me say this as well. Um, three of them preached, and I want to I want to commend one of our ministers. Amen. Uh, Minister CC did not preach this year. She did not preach this year. She preached last year and she was the only person that preached last year. Yet she sat there and she supported as the other ministers went forward. Amen amen and what i wish that we would get to a place that we learn how to praise our own pawn, that we're not so territorial and insecure that just because our name is not called we don't know how to support somebody else i know i ain't gonna get many amens on that but that's all right because sometimes god is not elevating you because you won't support anybody else mm-hmm. oh you need bible uh see if you sow amen then you can reap But if you ain't sown nothing, you can't reap nothing. Amen. Learn how to celebrate somebody else. Learn how to praise God for somebody else. You ain't always got to be a hater. Amen. Don't be a hater all your life. Amen. She get married, and you still trying to get married? Celebrate her. God bless you, honey. Praise God. I'm going to be right there. I'm going to catch that bouquet. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So you want to make sure that you uh, celebrate someone else. So I just want to commend Minister CC for that. Amen. Luke, the second chapter, verse number 41 through 52. Amen. Luke 41. uh, Luke 2, 41. The Bible says, every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. 44, thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking. Praise God. Thank you. Leave it there. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, This. Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Verse 49. Why were you searching for me? Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to, to Nazareth with them, and he was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart, and Jesus grew in wisdom and, stat, wisdom and stature and in the favor of God and man. I want to preach for just a few moments from this subject, with this subject in mind losing Jesus. Losing Jesus. Losing Jesus. Losing Jesus. One of the worst feelings in the world is the feeling of losing your cell phone. Because of how indispensable our phones have become to our lives, it takes us on a roller coaster of emotions. Panic sets in. Your heart starts to beat faster. You break out in a sweat from anxiety. Because if you're like me, many of our entire lives is on our phone. I don't even know my mama's phone number. Because it is in my phone. So much so, watch this, that I read an article in The Guardian, the science section of The Guardian, that said we all go through five stages of grief if we lose, leave, or break our phones. This article states that we go through a psychological reaction just from our phones. The first stage is denial. Everybody say denial. denial. We can't believe that something that that that, that something we can't believe that we, we we that something we can't go nowhere without is actually not with us. We start to retrace our steps over and over in our minds and tell ourselves this phone must be with me. You take the whole person, dump everything out and trying to figure out where that phone is. You tear up a whole room because you are in denial that you have lost that phone. The second stage is anger. We are angry at ourselves because now our whole life is affected by the absence of our phone. We feel it's unfair that now I have to adjust my absence of my phone. It should be, it should be with me and I'm angry about it. The third stage is bargaining. Now that I'm in, in, now I'm past the anger, let me bargain with my time to ensure I go back and get my phone. I could be running late, but I will bargain with my time just to make sure that I can go back and get my phone. Stage four is depression. Because once bargaining fails to satisfy my feelings, now I start to feel sorry for myself. Why do I do such stupid things? How could I be so forgetful? I feel sorry for myself and it leaves me depressed. And stage five is acceptance. Nothing I can do about it. So I have to accept that I must go back and get my phone. I can't make it a whole day without my phone. So I have to accept that I got to go back and get it. Five stages of an emotional roller coaster over having to go one day without my phone and then a revelation hit me but these same people can go a whole week without Jesus we can't live an hour without our phones but we can go an unspecified amount of time without even talking to Jesus getting quiet We will adjust our schedule, break the speeding laws, and tear up an entire room just to find our phones. But my fear is now that we have Christians that are living their lives for days, weeks, months, and even years, never realizing that they have lost Jesus. And as we examine our text, we see Mary and Joseph in the same dilemma of losing Jesus. Last week we learned that God has entrusted Jesus to the womb of Mary and the responsibility of keeping and taking care of Jesus to Joseph. It was their assignment from the time they were told by the angels to raise Jesus, the Son of God, the Son of the Most High, Emmanuel, God with us, the one that comes to save his people from their sins. Jesus is their most prized possession. And the Bible says, what we just read, the Bible says that Mary and Joseph ended up losing Jesus. We see in our text that Mary and Joseph took the Holy One, Jesus, to the holy city, Jerusalem, for a holy convocation. You'll catch that later. J- the Jews were required to go to Jerusalem three times a year. According to the Old Testament, the Jews were commanded to go for three festivals a year, for the Passover, for Pentecost, and for the Feast of Tabernacles. But by the first century, the Jews had on- had only to make one journey per year because of the distance. Now... The requirement got lighter, but the dedication should have got stronger. I'm gonna say that again. The requirement got lighter; they didn't have to go three times a year. All they had to go was once a year. But the dedication should have got stronger. The requirements got easier, but the commitment should have remained. And the conflict of our faith sometimes is that when God's requirements get lighter, does your dedication to Him get stronger? You can sit there like a bump on a log, but I'm coming for you today. You're not required to pray five times a day like the Muslims, faith in Mecca. But do you still have a prayer life? Come here. You don't have to go door to door evangelizing like the Jehovah Witness but do you still tell anybody about Jesus? You don't have to have a certain amount of money to give to the church for forgiveness of your sins like the Catholics but do you still pay your tithes? Y'all sitting there like you don't like what I'm talking about. You don't have to go to church five days a week like you used to when you grow up but do you at least come once a week? Just because the requirements got lighter is your commitment getting stronger? Is there anybody in here that say I'm so glad I serve a God That I don't serve him out of rules But I serve him out of relationship And the more and stronger my relationship get The more I fall in love with him Is there anybody in here that say I done fell in love with Jesus And whatever he requires I'm willing to do And if you do your research You will discover, watch this That only men were required to make this journey But the text says that Mary is with Joseph In other words, Mary says, you will not make this trip for me. (gasps) You can't praise him for me. You can't bless him for me in fact you can't get what I need for God for me I have to be in the number Mary says watch this I don't care if Joseph go I got to go as well to tell God thank you for what he's done for me now some people are waiting until December the 31st to come to New Year's Eve service to give God glory but is there anybody in here that say on Sunday morning when my eyes open up if I got strength in my body I'm headed to the house of God cause can't nobody praise him for For me, In fact, I need somebody in here that don't mind throwing your hands up and giving God glory, not for your neighbor, not for your friend, but for you. Open up your mouth and tell God, thank you. I got to praise you for myself. Mary says, watch this. I'm going, watch this, and I'm also going to bring my child. I'm not sending him to church. I'm coming with him. Because as for me and my house we will serve the Lord. God, raise up men, raise up men that that will bust the doors of the church wide open just to get in the house. Because statistics say you ain't gonna like this, that when a woman gets saved, 17%, watch this, there's a 17% factor that everybody in the house will get saved. If the woman gets saved, there's a 17% that everybody in the house will get saved. Watch this, I hope you're ready for this, but when a man gets saved, it's a 95% chance that the whole house will get saved. And they say, anybody here Say, I hope God raises up some men That want to seek after God with everything they got Because my children are on the line I need somebody in here to lift up your hands And say God save every man around me Because they, my child's life Is dependent on their worship I need somebody in here to throw your hands up Save my uncle, save my grandfather Save my daddy, save my child I need every man and then y'all say amen. Jerusalem was 80 miles from Nazareth, which means the trip took about three days to make. And when they got to Jerusalem, the Passover was a seven-day celebration. They took three days to get there. And then while they were there, it took seven days. Then the text says that they leave Jerusalem, head back with a caravan of family and friends. After a full day into the journey, Mary asked the question. Where's Jesus? Um, three days to get there. Seven days at the celebration. And a whole day back, it finally dawns on you, where's my child? I know, I know, I know, this Christmas time. And one of my favorite movies that I love is Home Alone. See, you thought that was a new story. You didn't know they just took that from the word of God. You didn't even realize that, did you? Watch. Uh-huh. Um, the Bible says a whole day into the journey back to Nazareth, Mary says, where's my child? Um, um, I got some people in here that work in the system. Carletta, you know, this is a DCF case if there is ever one. This, this is child neglect. You have left your child somewhere and you're not sure where they are. But what I see in the text is leaving Jesus didn't hurt him. It actually hurt them. Okay. I, I want to say that again. Leaving the 12-year-old boy behind didn't hurt him. It hurt them. How how did it hurt them, pastor? I hope you're ready for this. This is the revelation that when you lose Jesus, this is what ends up happening. I hope you're ready for this. Uh, uh, First of all, watch this. You have wasted time. You have a wasted trip, and you experience wasted trouble. (laughs) Oh, that, that when you lose Jesus, when you don't have him in your affairs, when you don't have him a part of your life, when you don't make sure that he's the first, when you make sure that when you when you ignore him and you act like he's not a big deal, you'll have wasted time, you'll have a wasted trip, and you experience wasted trouble. I'll stop by to let somebody know that when you lose Jesus, it doesn't hurt him, it actually hurts you. You waste time on things that are not fruitful, you waste energy on, on an unnecessary journey, and you experience wasted trouble. But I came to prophesy to somebody that can receive this word That in 2020 there will be no more waste God I wish I had somebody right there That can throw your hands up and say I wasted a lot of time I wasted a lot of energy I had a lot of wasted trouble But is there anybody here that say in 2020 There will be no more waste in my life Somebody throw your hands up and say No more waste Three days Jesus Missing three days Jesus was mi- missing. Three days Jesus was missing. Three days Jesus was missing. Hope you can catch this revelation. I'm gonna move on real quick from this. Three days Jesus was missing. I think it was a rehearsal. Because it's gonna be three more days, he's gonna be missing again. God, I wish I had a church right there. Oh, but but how did Jesus survive three days without them? He's a boy. How did Jesus survive three days without them? He's a 12 year old boy. Here's a revelation because Jesus can survive without you, but you can't survive without him. I know, I get it, I understand that this world makes you feel like you can live your life without Jesus, you can do what you want, how you want, and, and you, you all you have to have is positive energy, all you have to have is positive energy, all you have to have is good vibes, and everything will be wonderful in your life, and there'll be no problems and no issues and no circumstances, uh, but is there anybody in here that say, I can't live without him? I can't move without him I can't I can't, I can't. can't be without him I, I can't make it without him I can't even get up out the bed without him I can't go to work without him I can't raise these children without him I can't drive down the road without him I can't cook this food without him I can't go to the bank without him Is there anybody in here that say I can't live my life without Jesus We need to bust it up just for a minute Cause some of y'all looking like me Like you can survive without him But is there anybody in here that can testify That I've tried living my life without him And I founder i can't make it without him somebody throw your hands up and tell the lord i need you i need you i need you i need you i need You." every hour every second every minute of the day i need you god i need you i need you like a fish need water i need you like a sugar need cake i need you god is there anybody in here that say i need him all right all right um uh, look down your road because we got to do a road check because some of y'all acting like you don't need him look down your road look down your road and find out is there anybody on your road that's just as desperate as you are for Jesus look down your road and find out is there anybody that's just as desperate as you are for Jesus and when you find that person say come on let's go after God t- together let's go after him with everything we got let's go after him like we showed sure enough need him I need Jesus I can't make it without him I'm lost without him i need Jesus. Watch this. Watch this. They are panicking. Not him. Did you read the Bible with me? They are stressed. Not him. They are in anguish. Not Jesus. They are. Here we go. i looking for him. He ain't looking for them. (sighs) They show up. He's sitting there with his legs crossed. Hey, how y'all doing? Watch this. Could it be the reason where we are in life is because we have disconnected ourselves from him? Have we lost Jesus? Have we lost him? Have we lost him in our churches? Have we lost him? That now the church is about the celebrity pastor, not about Jesus. Have we lost him? That now we celebrate the anniversary of the the pastor more than we celebrate the birth and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Have we lost him? Have we lost them, that now when Jesus really comes into the room, we are not sensitive to Him anymore? Have we lost them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have we lost him to the place that if the praise scene sings a wrong bad note, all of a sudden your whole spirit has changed. Yeah. Have we lost him? I, and I just got a question. I, I know it's the last Sunday of this decade, and I know you wanted me to preach something good about your 2020, but before you get to your 2020, I need you to find Jesus. Yeah. Ah, before you get to 2020 I need you to find Jesus cause positive vibes and good energy ain't gonna make it in 2020 you got to know him for yourself and is there anybody in here that say I don't need to doubt him, I know him for myself I tried him and I know he's a miracle worker I tried him and I know he's a way maker, I tried him and I know he's a company keeper I tried him and I know he's a friend that's sits closer than a brother I got to know him for myself Tell. Have we lost Jesus? Have we lost Jesus? So here we go. You might not shout from this point. How do we lose Jesus? Send the text. How do we lose Jesus? Pastor, how do we, how, how do we lose Jesus? Here we go. Number one, come on, let's go. How do we lose Jesus? By being too common. You too common with him. You too common. Jonah's gonna get tight right around here. Cause we're about to go left. Too casual with him. Seeing Jesus as a routine instead of a requirement. <laughs> um routine versus requirement. When I see you as a routine, I only send you flowers on Valentine's Day and your birthday because I don't want to hear your mouth. But when I made loving you a requirement, I'll call you in the middle of the night and say, I love you, and hang up the phone. Oh, y'all don't... What kind of love do you want, routine or required? See, we're being too casual with Jesus. The Bible says, watch this, that his father, father and mother, watch this, had an experience with him while they were in Jerusalem. You ready for this? Here's a revelation. They had an experience with him in church, but they didn't take him back home. Come mm. on now. We experience Jesus in church, but sometimes, I'm scared, we leave him right here. We come to his house. But we don't take them to our house. And what I've discovered after nine years of being a pastor is a fundamental limitation to the pastoring. Nine years it took me to understand this revelation. You ready? Here's a revelation that the Lord showed me while I was putting this together. I can get you to him. I can't keep you with him. I I can get you to him but I can't keep you with him it's too much pressure for the pastor there's a responsibility that is left up to the disciple that if I'm going to stick with Jesus no matter what I go through look at your neighbor say you got to have him for yourself hate to bust your bubble your grandma Jesus won't do your pastor Jesus is not enough we can get you to him but we can't keep you with him. We get sick, we look for somebody to pray for us. We're going through, we call for the intercessors, to intercede on our behalf. But, but, but God says, watch this, you can come boldly yourself to the throne of grace if I can't reach the pastor I can still reach Jesus if I can't reach my mama I can still have access to the ruler of heaven and earth Ah, oh, if my prayer partner don't text me back I still got an access line Ah, oh, is there anybody here that know the old song that Jesus on the main line tell them what you want I can call them up and tell them what I want I'm so glad I got access to Jesus for myself But they don't like that. They don't like that because we always want somebody else to go for us. The veil in the temple has been ripped from the top to the bottom. That means you have access for yourself. You don't need somebody to go to God on your behalf. And is there anybody here that say I've had some situations in my life? I couldn't wait to text somebody. I couldn't wait for somebody to call me back. I had to go to God for myself. Anybody know the best praying is that praying while you're driving down the street in your car and you saying, God, I need you to come make a way right through here. Right through. Do I have anybody in here that know what I'm talking about? That I got to have access for myself. cry? Soul cry is coming up on January 24th. Soul cry is coming up on January 24th. It is a night of prayer that we, we make space in order for you to reach Jesus. But every year, every year, I have people that come to me and say, Brother Pastor, Rev, I can't make it but pray for me. Now while I believe in intercession and I believe that we should pray for each other, There's nothing like talking to God for yourself see your neighbor don't know everything that you feel your neighbor don't know everything that you're going through your neighbor don't understand what it's like to be you but you got an access to God for yourself that can say God I got some doubts right through here God I'm struggling where I am God I'm praising him on Sunday but I feel like I'm losing you Monday through Saturday but is there anybody here that say I'm so glad I can go to God for myself that when there's nobody else there I know how to get down on my knees and pray to God and say God make a way me." me. I need somebody here to throw your hands up and give God God five seconds of praise if you know how to go to him for yourself. Watch this. I know, I know, I need to calm down. Watch this. I know that you are coming with God. Watch this. I know you are coming with God. Here we go. When you choose to use, watch this. When you choose when you will use your gifts. Come here. I know you're coming with God when you choose when you will use your gifts. I don't have to sing. I used to do that. My season is up. Mm-mm, I'm not greeting no more. Mm-mm. That was my old season. Uh uh-uh, uh. I'm not doing that no more. Uh Uh -uh, no it's my season to sit God told me to ask you a question you ready who told you you could retire sit there I'm gonna preach right to you watch this who told you you can use your gifts when you want to let me bust your bubble real good they're not your gifts They are used for the edification of the body and for the glory of God. You come in God's house and sit and do nothing but want to walk out of God's house and he do everything for your house but because you're too common with God. Look at me in that tone of voice. I'm going to still preach it. But when you're too common with God, you know that serving with God serving God will pay off after a while God I wish I had somebody that's why Jesus said in Matthew 20 and 4 go into my vineyard and work and I will pay you whatever is right uh, that after a while if you keep on serving him payday is coming to you and I came to announce to everybody that stayed faithful in 2019 get ready for God to open heaven in your direction because you kept on serving him when your heart was broken you kept on serving him when your mind was confused you kept on lifting him up when you had hell after you God says I'm going to pay you because you kept working." Jesus one because we have become too common but secondly we lost Jesus here we go come on let's go because we're being too carnal we're too common and we're too carnal we are too common and we're too carnal um, do me a favor I need you to look up at the screen I don't need you to turn to it cuz I gotta go quickly Isaiah twenty-nine thirteen. we want to read this together I want to read this together Isaiah 29, 13, I can't see it, you should have sat in the back. 29, 13, Um, Isaiah 29, 13, I'm turning into the pastor that I said I would never turn into, amen. But I see why, when you've been pastoring us long enough, it do some things to you. Isaiah 29, verse number 13, look what the Bible says, I want us to read this together, y'all ready? Uh, If you can't see it, pull it up, NIV version, 29, 13, y'all ready? Uh, Here we go, we're just going to read to the period, y'all ready? Here we go, read. The Lord says, these people come near me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Stop. I need you to read that one more time because I need that to sink in. Read it one more time. Read. The Lord says, these people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. You come near to me with your mouth. Honour me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. Have you have you ever realized that people can tell you they love you and they really don't? I mean, you know, some of us were duped. Some of us were duped. Some of us, some of us were bamboozled. Some of us were hoodwinked because we had people that came into our life and said, "You know, I love you." If loving you is wrong, I don't want to be right. Please be wrong. God says, watch this, you come near to me with your mouth, you honor me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. You know what God is saying? Keep your worship if if I don't have your heart. Here we go. I don't want your song. I don't want your singing. I don't want your clapping. I don't want your dancing. I don't want your playing. I don't want your sermon if your heart is not in it. Here we go. It's going to get tight. I can prove to you the difference when you serve God with your lips versus when you serve him with your heart. How do you know the difference? You ready? Here's how you know the difference if you serve God with your lips versus when you serve him with your heart. If it's with your lips, God can only depend on your participation during church. That's when you serve him with your lips. But after church, God drops on your priority list. It's getting real quiet. It's getting real quiet so quiet in here you can hear a rat piss on cotton it's quiet see when you serve him with your lips you can only do it while church is going on but when you serve them with your heart watch this if he has to inconvenience my schedule yeah, yeah, yeah. my answer is still yes God can't depend on us because we are too busy touch your neighbor say neighbor pastor loves you and he's saying this in love love. I gotta work overtime I can't make it that's why outreach is no longer a priority in the church because the workers of the vineyard are no longer working in the vineyard they're working on another yard because we think that the grass is greener over there the church used to serve but now the church is too busy to serve but let somebody invite you to a turn up and you turn it out I wish you would sit up here. I will come over and just shake you. So turn on spirit, all right here. Mm-hmm. That's too early. That's too late. And the Lord said, stir me. I'm, I'm tired. I done worked eight hours. No, you didn't. Let me talk to your boss. (laughs) They trying to get rid of you now. No, you didn't. You made time for the party, but let us call a prayer meeting, and now you too busy. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? Pastor, moment. Excuse me, visitors, just for a minute. I got to be pastor just for a minute. This is why I don't like all the walking while service is going on. Because what it says to me is that your lips are telling me that you love God, but your heart is not attuned to God. Because you'd rather work while church is going on. Sit down. Some of y'all scared you ain't never going to stand up again. (laughs) Lift your hands. We must get back to the place, ladies and gentlemen, where we serve God with our hearts and not just with our lips. God says, show me what you're working with. Because talk is cheap. Do something, watch this, not for your glory. Do something for me, not for your benefit. Do something for me that you don't get something out of it, but do it for my glory. See, when he has your heart... He will get. Watch this. When when he really has your heart, I hope y'all ready for this. He will get more time than your sin. that's true. That's true. Can I go here just for a minute? I'm, I'm gonna try to clean this up as best as well as I can. Um, um I told y'all about my struggle that I struggle with something. It's called, you know, um, agraphy. Okay, y'all know what I'm talking about. Okay, uh-huh. And and there are times when that can consume you to the place where it grips you for hours. Some of, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh-huh, watch this. And God had to arrest my spirit one day and say, you give your flesh all that, but when it takes time for prayer and consecration, now you tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You weren't tired when you was giving it to your sin. Why are you tired when you're trying to give me glory? are you giving me leftovers or are you giving me the best of what you got is there anybody here that say I'm going to give God the best of what I have the best praise I can have the best worship I can give him I need everybody here for five seconds to give God the best worship that you got out of your belly, out of your spirit throw your head back, open up your mouth and give God everything that you got hallelujah your heart he will get more time than your sin when he has your heart he will give you more uh, watch this you will give him more attention than somebody you just met when he has your heart you will show up even if you don't feel like it Jesus says, the reason you lost me is because you're too common. But in 2020, you're too carnal. But in 2020, I'm deciding to make Jesus a priority again. I'm deciding to make in prayer a priority again. I'm deciding to make him coming to church a priority again. I'm deciding to make him reading my Bible a priority again. You lost me because you're too common. You lost me because you're too carnal. But number three, here we go. You lost me. Watch this because you be, you're being too churchy. You're being too churchy. Now, don't hold me too close on this one because you don't know where I'm going with this. Um, watch this because more of you are church, more churchy than you think. You know, you're you spiritual now, but you're real churchy. Do you know that you can be raised in church but never grow in God? Yet you can be raised in church, but never grow in God. You can be a greeter, a dancer, deacon, minister, pastor, praise team leader, apostle, potentate, head chief, prelate. Watch this. You're doing it at church, but you're not doing it for Jesus. You're doing it at church, but you're not doing it for Jesus. Because when you do it at church and you do it for Jesus, uh uh-oh, you do it with a smile on your face. Uh Uh-oh. But when you do it at church and not for Jesus, hope you can handle this, your attitude and actions will always be greater than your adoration. Do me a favor, grab your neighbor, shake them up, say, you need to pay attention right through here. You need to pay attention right through here. I, I don't understand, help me, I don't understand how when we say we're doing it for Jesus, we get more attitude out of you than we do get adoration. Skin getting quiet. When you're doing it for Jesus, you don't make anyone else stop you from singing but I don't like who's over it. They so unorganized. Let me bless you real good. Jesus still had patience with your tail. Do you know how unorganized your life is? And you got the nerve to come in church and have a standard that you, for the church that you ain't even got for your own life? Who gets your mind right. Let me see your credit report. Let me see how you pay your bills and you want us to be organized, touch your neighbor and say, get your life, get your life, get all your life, get every last bit of it. I don't care You're mad. get all your life because how is it that we got a standard for the church that we don't even have for ourselves? Can't work with her. Jesus still working with you. She working my nerves. God says you working my nerves, but I still bless you and wake you up every single day. And how dare you come in and can't deal with other people. God told me to tell you, you need to look and understand that I'm looking beyond your faults and I'm seeing about your needs in the same way and the same mercy and the same grace that I give to you. You need to extend to those around you. Well, brother pastor, God told me not to serve no more. Got a question for you. Why would God give you a gift and then tell you not to use it? Here we go. It's going to get tight. I don't care. I ain't preaching three weeks. I'm fine. Why would God give you a gift and tell you not to use it? Here we go. That's not God, that's your flesh. That's your flesh trying to find a way out of being crucified at the altar of getting along with people you don't agree with. And the problem is, you ready? You've come so, you become so churchy that now you use church lingo to justify your inability to manage difficult situations. On, My season is up. No, it's not. Get your flesh under control. The Lord is moving me in this seat. No, he's not. He said, be still and know that I am God. Maybe the person that is working your nerves, watch this, you got something on you that you need to give to them. But your inability to release it will never get on them. Maybe they need to learn patience from you. Maybe they need to learn understanding from you. Maybe they need to learn commitment from you. But the longer you hold it back, they'll never learn it. I think my season up. Sit down. And you know how I know that it wasn't God? How you left. I was going to put a post out there. I put that post out a couple of weeks ago. Um, last week, two weeks ago. And um, got some people in trouble. You know, blame the church for everything. Y'all remember that post I put out there? If you go back, you will see that I almost have 200 shares on that one post right there. Because people started picking it up and just sharing it all over the place. And my bishop Stole it. He took it, and can can not give me the credit, but it's all right. I love a bishop. He called me. He said, Philip, he said, uh, your post got me in some trouble. I said, what you mean? He said, because the people thought I was taking shots at them. I said, "Nah, I wasn't taking no shots at nobody. I wrote it as an observation of how I see us uh, acting in the church now, the how we blame the church for everything now. And we use church lingo. To try to justify our inability to get along with people, let me help you real good. If you can't get along with church folk, how are you gonna get along in a marriage? Come well, on now. <laughs> <laughs> this might explain why you job hop. Because instead of you being still, learning how to get your attitude under control, all you want to do is exit because you got options now. Be still. Touch your neighbor because they don't like me right now. Touch your neighbor say, be still, be still, be still, be still. Why am I telling you to be still? Because your blessing is where God where God wants you to be. If you be still, God says, I can bless you right there. Before you. I bring you out of Egypt, I can bless you in Egypt. And when I bring you out of Egypt, you'll have more than enough if you just be still. I going to put a post out there that said, please leave in 2019, leaving the church the wrong way. Am yes. I saying God didn't say, you know, your season is up? Maybe your season is up. Can you let somebody know? Can I, I'm going to have a moment. You ready, Chantel? I'm going to have a moment. I'm going to get off of it. The same way you tracked the pastor down when your hell was uh, going on in your life. It's the same way that you can pick up the phone and say, I need to go somewhere else. Isn't it amazing how when you need something, you know how to contact the right people. But when you're ready to press exit, you out. You gone. Is that Sophia? Hey, Sophia. I'm sorry, that that took me all the way left. (laughs) (laughs) That took me all the way left. She moved to Japan, still a member of this church. Y'all ain't seen her in years, and she's still a member of this church. All right, watch this. Get back to the place, here we go, where you're supposed to be. I came to tell somebody, come out of retirement and get back on the job. Uh-huh. Stop being churchy. Here we go, because now I need to flip this. Stop being churchy and treat people right. Here we go to every leader in here. You can't, be, you can't lead and be rude to people. You can't lead and be nasty to people. You can't lead and not speak to people. You can't lead and not hug people. You can't lead and not be patient with people. We have lost Jesus being churchy. And we as leaders can't go to people and say, you supposed to be serving. Yes, they supposed to serve. But you as the leader that God placed are supposed to treat the servants right. Y'all getting quiet right through here. And even if you're not in leadership, when it's for him, no one has to force you to serve him when it's for him, nobody can stop you from serving him, when it's for him, nobody got to beg you to serve him, when it's for him no one can frustrate you out of your assignment I need you to touch your neighbor and say get back in place get back in place, get back in place there's more gifts on the inside of you there's more talents on the inside of you and God is saying I'm ready for you to use them for my glory, stop using all these excuses God is saying get back to the place where I first put you finish your assignment possible that you can do church so long that you start doing it without him nowadays the goal for the church and the goal for churches is that we had church so now all we post is praise breaks even if we didn't have Jesus But when you have Jesus, lives are changed. Come on, somebody. When you have Jesus, people are delivered. When you have Jesus, souls are saved. And is there anybody in here that can agree like I agree? I need some freedom people in here that can lift up their hands and say, in this church, we got to have Jesus. If pastor ain't preaching, we got to have Jesus. If the choir sound off, we got to have Jesus. I need him to be here when I get here. Come to church, let me see Jesus. When I serve in ministry, let me see Jesus. When I give, let me see Jesus. Because only what you do for Christ. Alas. I'm done. Notice something in the text. Verse 46 says, I got to talk to all of my teenagers now. So all the teens, if they sleep, wake them up. Pastor said, I want to talk to y'all teens. Verse 46 says, he's 12 and he came to church without his parents. He's 12. And he comes to church without his parents. Every teen 18 in here, I don't care if your mama's or daddy is sitting next to you, if your parents are too lazy to come to church, ask them to get you an Uber and bring you to church. Mm-hmm. You come to church because maybe you are the one that will lead them to where they need to be. Oh God! I wish I wish I wish I would get up off these teens and stop looking at them. You just teenagers, and you ain't like, hey, no. a teen can bust hell wide open, and a teen can put the enemy on on flight. Is there anybody here that say in freedom? I want to make sure that we got some teens that can run the devil up out their house, that know how to pray, that know how to seek God for themselves. We need some teens that ain't too scared to lift their hands and say, God, I thank you. to get you an Uber, I bet they'll come in. How did they find Jesus? How did they find Jesus? Here's your word. How did they find Jesus? They had to go back to the place where they lost him. They had to go to back to the place where they lost him. And this is my advice to some of you that's listening to your pastor this morning. If you have lost Jesus, go back to the place where you lost him. Go back to praying. That's where you lost him. Come here, I don't need you to shout Go back to midweek That's where you lost him Go back to serving him That's where you lost him I told somebody a while ago I said, listen, you got a little off But I just want to bring back to your memories Do you know some of the happiest time that I saw you Was when you were serving in the house of God Go back to praising him That's where you lost him Because where praise is, Jesus is He inhabits the praises of his people. God, help me. And he shows up in the middle of of that praise. Go back to the place where you lost him. Where's Jesus? Here's a revelation. He was never lost. He got left. I'm sorry. I know I turned the whole message upside down with that one statement because you thought it was in one direction. He was never lost. He got left got left out of the conversation. Let's go get tight. He got left out of the relationship. He got left out of the job that he blessed you with, that you praised him for but now you don't need him on that job anymore. He got left. They go back to get Jesus and when they find him, the text says that Jesus is sitting in the temple courts among the teachers listening to them and asking them questions. And the Bible says everyone who heard him was amazed, another translation says, impressed, at his understanding and his answers. Mary shows up, and the text says, watch this, she wasn't amazed, she wasn't impressed, she was upset. Here we go. The Bible says that they were upset with Jesus. Everybody else was impressed, but his parents were not. They were mad, here we go, they were mad that he inconvenienced them. That their emotions let them miss his greatness. Now I need you to think, are you no longer impressed about what he's doing in your life? For that job. Now you complaining. You no longer impressed. How far he brought you from? You ain't impressed by that? And let me show you how the enemy tricks you. You ready? Because this is how he got me. I was going through pastor stuff. And I was like, Lord, my life was so much better. It seemed like it was so much better. But I was just, you know, doing my thing when I was in the world had a good time at the club, you know, had a great time. And the Lord uh, convicted me. He said, you don't see how foolish that sounds? Watch this. It's just like the children of Israel. When they got out of Egypt, they said it was better for us to stay back in Egypt because at least we had fish and leeks and, and, and cucumbers. Watch this. And one of the lines, if you catch it, it says, at no cost. Have you forgot the cost that it took on your life without Jesus? Have you forgot the cost of what your life was like when you didn't have Jesus? You missing the relationship that wasn't no good for you, but you never realized that you had to sleep with them to get your bills paid. You done forgot the cost? You had a good time in the world. But do you realize that your body don't bounce back from the hangovers like it used to? And you going to tell me it don't cost you nothing? <laughs> oh, they mad in here today. I'm back. It's say for everybody but I need somebody to lift your hands and say thank God our pastor tell us the truth thank God he keeps it real cause I'm gonna sit up here and act like where I came from was better but is there anybody here that say where I'm headed is better than where I came from I wish I had somebody is there anybody in here that can give God glory that say what God got for me is better than where I came from no longer were impressed with the son of God because he inconvenienced me you'd be surprised we done lived this before me and Shantel we done lived this before we know the seasons where you can become so angry with God that you no longer see how impressive he is in your life because you hitched all your hopes and dreams on that and when that didn't happen now you are blaming God so we're no longer impressed. I had to come a whole day, come back to get you, and you sit here chilling. I'm ready to get back to Nazareth. Your daddy got some orders he need to finish. And you sit up here chilling with these old people, and they impressed with you, but I know you. And Jesus looked at him and said, you was looking for me? You, you did you forget I know what the angels told you you must not know about me you must not know who I am you mad cuz I broke up the relationship but you're no longer impressed how I kept you in the midst of it <laughs> you mad that you lost a job but you're not impressed about how ain't one bill been behind since you lost a job you're not impressed by what I've done in your life i'm done is there anybody in here that can give god praise and give god glory because you're so impressed about what he's done for you in 2019 i think he's done a marvelous job i think i'm so impressed of how he kept me i'm impressed by how he kept me i'm impressed by how he let depression leave me alone i'm impressed by jesus lost Jesus and it's time for you to get him back. I want to be clear. I'm not talking about your salvation. I'm talking about your fervor. I'm talking about your dedication, your commitment to him. You need to get him back. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Lord says I need to do an altar call because there's some people in the sound of my voice. Somewhere along the way, you lost Jesus. Life got the best of you. We've been there. Situations, hurts, pains got the best of you. And you're no longer impressed by him. In fact, you are emotional and upset about him. Because you didn't know your life was going to take this turn. You didn't know he was going to inconvenience you like this. God says, come back to the place where you lost me. Come back to the place and find me all over again been sitting on your gifts you've been sitting on what he put on the inside of you you're angry you're mad you even told yourself I ain't signed up for all this God says come back to the place and find me all over again I don't know who I'm talking to but get up out your seat and make your way to this altar and find Jesus all over again it's not about salvation you're already saved you know him just lost him. Come be impressed by him all over again. Come be impressed by him all over again. No more excuses. No more excuses. I let my emotions get the best of me. But I want to be impressed with him all over again wherever you are. You've been, come on, sing it, so good, good To to me. say that Lord you are good Lord, Lord. you are good you've been so good you've been so good come on I need a worship in church Lord, Lord you are good you've been better you've been better than good I can't praise you enough I owe you my life, I owe you hey, my life. Can't. can't praise you enough even if I try, if I try somebody lift your hands and say you've you been big so good, so good to, me. to me I want us to sing that one more time come on say Lord you, Lord, you are good. you've been, you've been so good. come on sing it to him Lord, Lord you are good. you've been better, you've been better than good. I can't, praise, I can't you praise you enough yes God I owe you I my owe life you if I try. Come on, fall in love with him all over again. So good. Stay right there. Come on, say you, man. So good. Come on, say you, man. Yes, God.